How many came to hear a word of God this morning? Man, what a powerhouse worship service we had. Mm. That doesn't have to stop, amen? That doesn't have to stop. It doesn't, it doesn't stop with the last song that's, that, that is sung this morning, amen? That worship is going to continue in your life. I believe it. I believe it. It's going to continue as you walk out of here. As you're driving, you're going to keep worshiping, amen? Why? Because God is worthy. He's worthy, amen? He doesn't stop being worthy once service is over, amen? He continues to be worthy of our praise, amen? Even into tomorrow, into next week, 20 years from now, if, if, uh, if Jesus hasn't come back yet for his church, he is still worthy. And this morning, we're going to talk about exactly that. Turn with me to the book of Psalm, chapter 66. Psalm, chapter 66, and verse 1. The Bible says this, and it says, Shout with joy to God. To who? Amen. It says, All the earth. It says, Sing the glory of his name. It says, Make his praise glorious. I entitled this message this morning, I Was Created to Make Your Praise Glorious. Oh, man. That's one of my favorite songs to play when I was on the worship team, was that song, Glorious. It had that, it had that beat that just made you, made you want to dance. I had to be careful, you know, because, you know, I don't want to, you know, you know, get too crazy. But just playing that song, it, it just, it just, like, it, it woke something up, amen? When you started playing it, it was like, oh, man, here we go. I can, I can do this all day. And this is what God wants to do in our lives when it comes to worshiping him, is he wants to wake something up inside of us. He wants, to, he wants to stir the excitement in your life when it comes to worshiping God. He wants, to, he wants to strike a new fire in your life, a zeal after God. Because how many know that we can be zealous after many things, right? You know, we can, we can cheer our heads off at sports games, can't we? You know, we cheer so much that we lose our voice. How many of you have ever lost your voice because of worship? Ooh. Ooh, man. Whoo. That one hit home. When was the last time you left church and you were like, oh, I, can't, I can't speak. Worship was just that good. When was the last time? But I'm sure you can remember the last time you went to a game and you lost your voice because you were screaming your head off, because you were zealous, and your team didn't even win. <laughs> Let me tell you, when you're on God's team, amen, you're always winning, amen. You're always winning. And I don't mean like Charlie Sheen, I mean truly winning, amen. You're always winning. 
Thank you, Jesus. How many have heard that term, when the praises go up, the blessings come down? You've heard that, yes. Now, although that isn't a Bible verse, it holds truth. It holds truth. We're going to get into uh, what God's word says in regards to these aspects of the power of worship, the purpose of worship in our lives. Because even though you can't find those exact words in the Bible, it still holds to be true. There are blessings in praise. We're going to get into what those are this morning. See, we aren't blessed because we praise. We praise because we are blessed. And that's what God wants us to understand, is that we don't praise God to get anything in return. Our praise to God basically says, God, you are worthy. God, you are faithful. You are a faithful God. You are a loving and caring God. You care for what is yours. Nothing is neglected. You are with those who are yours. Lord, I thank you for salvation, and for that I praise you. For that I praise you. I thank you for sending your son Jesus Christ to die for my sins, and for that I praise you. You see, because Jesus died and rose from the grave long before we roamed, these, roamed uh, this earth. Long before. So what does that mean? That means that we've always had a reason to praise God. God created the heavens and the earth long before us. We were, you know, born, you know, these days. What does that mean? That means we always have a reason to praise God. We always have a reason to worship him. See, we aren't blessed because we praise. We are blessed because we are obedient. We need to be obedient. When it comes to giving God his praise, we need to be obedient in doing that. Let's look at what David writes in Psalm 24, verse 3. And he says this, he says, Who may ascend unto the hill of the Lord? He says, and who may stand in his holy place? He says, one who has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul to deceit and has not sworn deceitfully. He will receive a blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. You see, there is blessings in praise. We need to understand that praise is empty and it's useless if it doesn't come from the heart. In other words, empty praise isn't true praise. Anyone can do that. But it takes a 
heartfelt praise, heartfelt worship. I believe that's what we were having this morning, was heartfelt worship. When you close your eyes and you give God praise, I love to close my eyes in worship. But sometimes I get a little, a little concerned because when I close my eyes in worship, I feel like sometimes I lose complete control over my body and I feel like I'm going to fall or something. Because I go into this place. But that's worship. That's worship when your mind isn't on other things. It's not dwelling on yesterday. It's not dwelling on circumstances. It's not dwelling on people. It's not dwelling on this or that or what's going to take place tomorrow. Instead, you're dwelling on the goodness of God. Luke 19, verse 37. The Bible says that when he, Jesus, came near the place where the road goes down to the Mount of Olives, this is his triumphant entry into Jerusalem, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully, began joyfully to praise God in loud voice for all the miracles they had seen. Verse 38, it says this, Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Verse 39 says, Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Jesus, rebuke your disciples. Verse 40, he says, I tell you, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. You see, God is going to get his praise. What was he saying? He was saying that I will make the impossible possible. I will make the impossible possible. When's the last time you seen a rock talk? If you did, you were on something before Christ. Ain't no rocks talking out there. Tell you that right now. But he says, that's how, that's how crucial it is for, for me to have that worship. Is I'm going to get that worship. I'm going to get, I'm going to receive that worship. If it's not from you, it's going to be from a rock. It's going to be from something that, that is literally impossible for it to worship. See, nowhere in the Bible will you find that anyone praises God with the intention of being blessed because of their praise. The instance of people praising God isn't to get anything from Him, but they praise Him for what He has already done for them. He's already moved mountains. He's already parted the sea. 
He's already raised the dead. God has done so much for us. So many things that we can, that we, uh, can praise God for in our lives. See, they don't send the praises up to be blessed. Why? Because they are already blessed. And you and I, we don't praise to get blessed. No. Why? Because you are already blessed. You're already blessed in your life. God has done great things for you and I. How many of you are blessed and thankful this morning? Mm. James confirms this in James 5.13, and he says this. He says, is anyone among you suffering? He says, he should keep on praying about it. And those who have reason to be thankful should continually be singing praises to the Lord. I'm so glad that I'm part of a church that still has its, its proper steps in regards to uh, a church service. And what do I mean by that? Well, what I mean by that is that we start with prayer. We start our services in prayer. So our service doesn't begin at 10, it begins at 9. Wednesday service does not begin at 7, it begins at 6. If you get here at 7, you miss the whole first part of our service. If you get here at 10 on Sunday, you missed a whole part of our service. Why? Because it always has to start with prayer. It always has to start with prayer. Everything starts with prayer. You bring your, you bring your needs to the Lord, and you're not just bringing your wants and, 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 your, and your Christmas list. You're lifting others up. You're praying for others' salvation. Why? Because you're already saved. Stop focusing on what you're going through right now. You're in the hands of the Lord. Hallelujah. Instead, pray for others. Pray for our service that God softens hearts. That we, would be, that we would come ready to receive his word. That we would come ready to worship. And that's the next step, is to worship. See, because there's a difference between prayer and worship. Prayer is us coming to God, and we, and we bring things to the Lord. God, Lord, move in this area. Lord, move in their life. Lord, I pray for so-and-so that they would feel your love, Lord, that they, would, that they would come to know your forgiveness, that they would come to know salvation. Lord, I pray for all the other countries in this world, Lord. Lord, for we are blessed here, but there are others who don't have what we have. Lord, and I pray for them that they would come to know your love, Lord, that they would come to know your comfort, that they would experience your joy, that they would know that they are not alone. And then we get into worship. And what does worship do? Worship is the next step. 
Worship says, all right, I already prayed. Now let's give God the praise for he's going to do everything that we, that we have brought to him. And we worship him. And you give him the praise. And you say, God, you are so faithful. All those knees that I brought to you, Lord, they are in your hands. You are in control. You are going to meet those needs, Lord. We're going to see your miracle working power take place in this service. And so we worship you, Lord. These are the steps of our service. So like I said, don't come at 10 o'clock. Service starts at 9. Don't come at 7 on Wednesday. Service starts at 6. You need to be here. You need to be here getting a hold of God. We should have no room in that prayer room. We should, have, we should be having to use a whole floor for men, a whole floor for the women. Don't miss the first part of our service. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, don't miss out. <laughs> Number one is the weapon, of our, the weapon of worship. The weapon of worship. You see, worship is more than just that coffee shop-like atmosphere. <laughs> like we may have in the lounge, you know, some worship is playing, and it just, it just sets a nice atmosphere. Oh, I love the way this feels. So, so quiet and so, so tranquil. It's a weapon that God wants each and every one of us to use because we have the capability of using it. What are some of those weapons that we can, that worship does in our lives? Number one is that it changes our focus. The weapon of worship, it changes our focus. See, when you submerse yourself in worship, you begin to think and see things differently. When you, when you engulf yourself in worship, everything else just seems to fade away. Everything else is forgotten. You're not dwelling on those things because you're dwelling on God. And both of those things can't dwell in the same place. Your perspective changes. I know when I worship God, when I start to praise Him, and I'm exalting His name, in my mind, I can, I can do anything through Him. Anything is possible. All the circumstances that, that I am going through in my life, uh, everything changes. I begin, to, I begin to see things clearer. Sort of like how God sees them. I begin, to, I begin to see hope. I begin to see open doors. I begin to see God's transformation power taking place. 
I begin to truly see his love for me. I begin to truly see how he looks at me, what he thinks of me. This is all in worship. It's all in worship. See, when you fix your eyes on the darkness and on the struggles in our lives, when we invest our energy in, in, into talking and worrying about them, they only seem to gain a stronger grip on you and I, don't they? A grip upon our hearts. But when we set our attention on worship, we begin to remember who God is in the midst of the darkness. We are reminded that God is on the throne and he is in control. That we are in his hands and that he is taking care of us. See, it changes our focus. It changes our perspective. Secondly, what it does is it changes our circumstances. There was a song that was sung earlier, and a line of the lyrics was, I know breakthrough is coming. I know breakthrough is coming. Now, that's, that to me is an absolute. It's not, I think breakthrough is coming. You see a difference there? I think and I know there's a big difference. It says, I know breakthrough is coming. See, this is the mindset that we have to have in worship. This is the, this is the thinking that we need to hold on to when we're singing God's praises. Why? Because we're basing it off of things that he has done already. We're basing it off of the fact of who he has proved himself to be in our lives. The evidence, you base it off of the evidence. You do this in life. Even in the secular world, you base things off of evidence. There is so much evidence that God is faithful. There is so much. We say, I, and we say, God, I praise you because I know, I know that breakthrough is coming. I know breakthrough is coming, Lord, and I give you the glory and I give you the honor. See, it changes our circumstances. Second Chronicles 20, verse 2. 2 Chronicles 20, verse 2. It says, Then some came and told Jehoshaphat, saying, A great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea. And this is where King Jehoshaphat led the people of Judah into battle. And in verse 20 of 2 Chronicles chapter 20, it says, as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. He says, Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe his prophets, and you shall prosper. 
And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who, sh who should sing to the Lord and who should praise the beauty of holiness. As they went out before the army and were saying, Praise the Lord, for his mercy endures forever. Now when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushes against the people of, Am of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah. And they were defeated. It says, For the people of, of Ammon and Moab stood against the inhabitants of Mount Seir to utterly kill and destroy them. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, they helped to destroy one another. You see, God made it in a way where King Jehoshaphat and his, and his army didn't even have to fight against them because they killed themselves. You see, praise changes circumstances. In Acts chapter 16, Paul and, Cyrus, Paul and Silas were imprisoned for healing a young girl from a contrary spirit. And in Acts 16, verse 25, as Paul and Silas were imprisoned, it says, around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening. Suddenly, there was a massive earthquake, and the prison was shaken to its foundations. All the doors immediately flew open, and the, cha and the chains of every prisoner fell off. The jailer woke up to see the prison doors wide open. He assumed the prisoners had escaped, so he drew his sword to kill himself. But Paul shouted to him, Stop! Don't kill yourself. We are all here. The jailer called for lights and ran to the dungeon and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? You see, Paul and Silas were in prison for healing a young girl from a contrary spirit from a demonic spirit that should not have been in her life. They were in prison for doing God's work. See, but reading this, nothing was going to stop these, these men from giving God praise. It, did a, it doesn't matter what circumstance they found themselves in for following Christ. Nothing was going to stop them from praising God. And that's the way you and I need to be. That even when we are persecuted, even when we are assaulted for following Christ, we mustn't stop, amen? We move forward. We worship Him. Why? Because He's still worthy. Did He stop being worthy because you're now being persecuted? No. Did he stop being faithful because now you're being assaulted for the word of God? No.
So then he is still worthy of praise. David writes in Psalm 18 too, he says, The Lord is my rock. The Lord is my rock. He is the power that saves me. Oh, thank you, Jesus. He is the power that saves me. It wasn't me. It wasn't my good decisions in my life that saved me. It wasn't so-and-so that saved my life. It was the power of God. It was the power of God that saved my life. It was the power of God that transformed me. It was the power of God that opened my eyes to see who I really was and what needed to change in my life. See, church, we are worshiping the Almighty. The Almighty, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. See, there's weapons in our worship. It changes our focus. It changes our circumstances. God gives us peace, amen, in worship. I don't know about you, but I get the peace of God all over me when I worship. Oh, man. It doesn't matter where I'm at. The peace is like a blanket. It's like a poncho, right? It just covers you. How many used to wear those ponchos back in the day? <laughs> that stuff was comfy. <laughs> That's how God's peace is in your life when you worship. There's weapons that God has given to us. Secondly, here is the exaltation of worship. Lifting up the name of Jesus. Let me remember that song. Lifting up the name of Jesus. It's an oldie but goodie. It's exactly what that means to exalt God. It means to lift his name. It means to put him on a place on high. That, that place is for nothing and no one else but him. You say, God, you hold this special place in my life, in my heart, and nothing can take its place. Nothing can take your place, God. We must ask ourselves this question. Do I speak highly of God to those around me? Do I speak highly of God to those around me? Do I share with them all the great things that God is doing in my life? Or do I just give them all my gripes? See, because that's never going to draw anyone to Christ. That's going to draw someone away from Christ. The exaltation of worship. Firstly is the adoration. Psalm 66 verse 5. It says, come and see what our God has done. What awesome miracles he's performed for people. He made a dry path through the Red Sea. And his people went across on foot. There we rejoiced in him 
for by his great power he rules forever. That right there is bragging about who God is. Telling, giving a report of what God has done. I know this, this is full of grateful people here this morning. Grateful individuals for what God has done in your life. And we need to adore Him. Adore God. God, I love you. With all of my heart, I love you, Lord. With all of me. Just as God has given everything for us, we in return, we praise his name. John writes this in Revelation chapter 5 and verse 11. Revelation 5, 11, John writes this and he says, Then I looked. And I heard the voice of many angels around the throne and the living creatures and the elders. And the number of them was myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that, ha that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. Amen. And this is what God is to receive. Even the angels rejoice. They sing His praises. And God has created you and I to sing His praises. He's created you and I to make His praise glorious. To make it glorious. To make it something that no one has ever seen before. When I think of glory, I think of shining brightly. I think of the glory of God. Where God says, no one could even look at me. Because even if you look at my glory, you will not live. So I just give you glimpses of me. Because you can't see the whole thing. You can't see all of me. You wouldn't live to tell about it. That's the glory of God. That's the glory of God, church. And as we make his praise glorious, oh man, can you imagine that? Make his praise glorious. That would sound like thunder. And the floor would shake, and walls would come crashing down like Jericho. They would come crashing down. Why? Because the power of praise, as God's people get together and start to worship Him, you will see breakthrough. You will break through. Amen. Those walls have to come down. Not only the adoration, but the surrender. Surrender means to cease resistance. Stop resisting. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, stop resisting. See, to resist God is to, is to resist the rescuer. To resist freedom from imprisonment. 
to, re, to resist healing over your life, to resist true riches. See, God seeks for us to surrender to him. How do we, how do we surrender in life? Right? You get pulled over, how do you surrender? Hands where I can see them. Don't reach in your pocket. But you surrender with your hands up. You surrender on your knees. Mm. That's what surrender to God is. When we worship him, we lift our hands and surrender. And we say, God, I am yours. Lord, I am yours. Do with me what you will. And Lord, help me not to, help me not to be a non-compliant, but help me to be obedient. Isaiah 25.1 says, Lord, you are my God. I will exalt you and praise your name. For in perfect faithfulness, you have done wonderful things, things planned long ago. Psalm 57, verse 5 says, Be exalted, O God, above the highest heavens. May your glory shine over all the earth. Once again, coming back to his glory. Nehemiah writes this in Nehemiah chapter 9, and verse 6. He says, you alone are the Lord. You have made the heavens, the heaven of heavens, with all their host, the earth and all that is on it, the seas and all that is in them. You give life to all of them, and the heavenly host bows down before you. As the worship team comes forward this morning, Daniel Chapter 4, verse 37. It says this, Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, this is the same king, mind you, the same king that ordered that everyone bow and worship the statues that he had set up. This is that same king. Everyone is to bow down to the statues that I have set up. This is what he says in Daniel 4, 37. He says, now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and exalt and glorify the king of heaven. Because everything he does is right. And all his ways are just. Wow. There's a lot. That's a whole sermon right there. Because everything he does is right, and all his ways are just. Do we look at God that way? Do we see him in that, with that mindset? That everything he does is right, and everything he, everything, all of his ways are just? He says, and those who walk in pride, he is able to humble. Mm. Psalm 46.10, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. You see, we don't worship with the mindset of want. 
We worship with the mindset that we are blessed. We're blessed. You look in the mirror, you're blessed. You're blessed. We worship because we are thankful. We're grateful. We worship because we, are, we understand that we have already been blessed and we are on our way to heaven with a victory shout. With a victory shout. See, because you and I were created to make God's praise glorious. You were created for that. So you do it. You do it with all of your heart, with all of your mind, and all of your strength. You praise him like you've never praised him before. When we sing, you close your eyes and you meditate on his faithfulness and all that he has done in your life. And you raise your hands to him in surrender. And you say, Lord, you are worthy. Lord, you are worthy. Don't let a rock cry out your name. I'm going to cry it out first. Lord, you don't have to do that. I'm right here and I'm worshiping you, Lord, because you are worthy. Amen. Let's give God praise this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Let's give him praise. You shout his name. You shout his name like thunder in this place. Your name be praised. Hallelujah. Great is your faithfulness. As every head is bowed, every eye closed.